Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Talk Recorded live. Live. Welcome to the 5-Minute Major. I am, this is Mike Berg, and Nick and New York is on assignment. Uh, that means that he is currently passed out, hopefully drunk. Uh, I am joined, as always, by uh, Doubles. Doubles, uh, are you heading to Wendy's or Arby's tonight? I'm actually just going home tonight. Uh, I was on a four-rank tour today and uh, just finished up my uh, last game. So, no, uh, no kids, no... Uh, Late night, uh, father of the year drive-through action tonight. No, no okay. Sinclair Subway combo store. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, none of that. Did Did you at least shower for us? Not yet. Are you fresh and clean? <laughs> no. Got a stinky double. I would. I wouldn't be either. And that <laughs> uh, you're also hearing Mason on the call. Mason, uh, what what are we drinking tonight? We are we are on uh, Deschutes. Or as I like to pronounce it, Dishwetty's um Northwest Pale Ale Red Share. It's a nice. it's a terrific price point. It's a terrific uh West Coast, uh hence the Northwest uh uh pale. It's fantastic. Outstanding. I myself sure. yesterday brewed a stout. Uh, I'm going to add uh whole cherries in the secondary fermentation cycle. So I'll have a nice cherry tart cherry stout in a couple Ooh. of weeks. I'm going to call you tart for the next week. You little tart. You cherry you tart. I would, I, would have, I would have nothing. I would expect nothing less of you. Should we talk about beer or should we talk about this fucking team? Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mason, did, did you get a chance to see the, the Wild this week? Did you get a chance to watch any of the games? Yeah, all of them. Um, very happy with the L.A. game, and, you know, the Anaheim game was was uh, amazing in its own right. Um, but the L.A. game was a good bounce back and a really controlled game, obviously, um, so much so that, you know, Kemper got the nod to to start in, um, in San Jose, one of those goddamn awful 3 p.m. starts. Seriously, like, who who does that benefit at all? Is it just me? I mean, well, then again, like, no no start to any game is that has ever been a benefit to me. It's always tape delayed, no matter what. So maybe I shouldn't comment on start game time starts. Uh, but anyway, um, I guess you know, in one in one way, they're they're all the way out in the West Coast, and it's a 3 p.m. start. Uh, so I don't think that helps them at all. I mean, even the 3 p.m. in Central doesn't help them. Um, and, you know, it was a good game. It was back and forth. It was well done. I'm not about to enter into moral victory mode here. Uh, but one could say that they fought the entire game, even after going behind uh, very early uh, in the second minute of the game, I believe, uh, giving up a goal. 
um, off a horrible, horrible Jonas Brodine own goal, I should add, Mike Berg. Um, Shut up. It wasn't his fault, but it was his fault. Um, so they did well to, you know, claw back several times or a couple times and kind of an unfortunate, you know, they were taking advantage of it there at the end with a really good set play um, to in the last couple minutes of the game. So um, really interesting kind of stretch of three California games. It is what it is, as we are prone to say here. And I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go with it, like, because I can't compete with you assholes when you're constant. It is what it is, is this? So. Can't be what it ain't. Um, <laughs> can't be well, what it ain't. Uh, on that 2 o'clock, or 3 o'clock start, um, that game was less than 48 hours, about 36 hours after the uh, completion or less than 36 hours after the start of the game in yeah, LA. No um, it was, it was practice. I mean, and, and I don't, I, the last thing I want to do is talk about fucking excuses here, but it was, it was all, it was basically three games in three and a half days. So yeah. considering that second, that second start for Dubnik or uh, Kemper was, you know, essentially a day and a half after he had just finished beating the Kings do you, doubles. Do you think it was a start, a smart move? You know, there's something to be said about going with the hot hand, but, you know, should should the coaching staff have looked at that and said, you know what, these games are bunched up so much here, maybe we should give this one back to Dubnik. I mean, or, or do you think in that situation going with the hot hand overrides uh, yeah, the I've, time frame? I have no problem going with Kemper there, but in defense of the wild, you know, three games and, you know, three and a half days or whatever it was, um they had to travel across country into the West Coast time zone. Uh, I'm sure the ice was bad. <laughs> the was really warm. Um, so I, I can understand. Uh, the ice too thick. Yeah. Not, the ice yeah. was the ice was too good. It was just you know the puck went everywhere they wanted it to go. It was just too good. So that's that's where I'm at with this team right now. I'm, Getting, getting tired of it. As, as are we all. Um, Bad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> Doubled, um, we saw two challenges this weekend, uh, one against L.A., one against San Jose. Both went in the Wilds' favor. Did you get a chance to see either of them? And, and do you have any thoughts, takeaways on them? Uh, yeah, I did see the one on the Charlie Coyle breakaway goal, uh, and I don't understand, you know, why the replay took four score and seven years ago, but the play was clearly onside. Um, the only question really was, did the linesman determine that Coyle had possession and control of the puck? Um, even though his skates preceded the puck going into the zone. Uh, that's a rule change that happened a couple years ago, pretty much across the board, uh, across all rule books in hockey, is you can no longer be called offside on yourself as long as you have possession and control of the puck. So your skates, I mean, essentially you can skate backwards into the zone 
was kind of the impetus for Skits it. First, puck second. As long as long as you have possession and control of the puck, you cannot be offside with yourself. So, to me, the coil one pretty cut and dried, Mace. But yeah, I don't, you know, I don't understand why it took so long. First off, but uh, yeah, I thought that one was right on the money. Uh, I did not see the other challenge. Well, I, okay. I, I think uh, I, I think like the coil one, like I think you know, even if you consider both aspects, like whether or not he had control, or whether or not his pucks or his skates were over the line before the puck, I think that replay showed that um, at, at the very least, both were true. So yeah, I'm right with you. Like I, I can't stand it, man. I, I can't stand the uh, that that it takes so long, and then that every every fucking goal, you can never you never trust. Like oh yeah, it's a goal. Yeah, but just, just wait for it. Three, two, one. Yeah, there's this goddamn coach's challenge. Here we go. What piece of shit evidence are they going to use to try to overturn it this time? And then more more often than we'd like to see. Thankfully, not this week. More often than we like to see, you know, a, a really good goal is, is called back for some stupid fucking reason. It's driving me nuts. And one thing, when these coaches' challenge happen, when these coaches' challenges occur, uh, here comes a old guy cliche maze. But something that sticks in my craw <laughs> is when somebody inevitably takes a screenshot after they've paused their DVR that, right. shows, that shows the puck going into the zone one millimeter before the player's skate hits the blue line. Yep. And everybody says, oh, Jesus Christ, how can they miss that? Oh, my God. That the is travesty. God. Lord above. Fire them all. If you wonder, could have seen that one. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it looks, you know, when somebody throws a freeze frame up there, uh, you know, the easiest thing in the world to see. But I can tell you at real speed, Real time, that happens so fast. You got to have a seriously trained eye to determine whether that was onside or not. So, and then, but, and then whether it is or not, it's all up to the gut anyway. Like it's just like, yeah, that felt that felt off or that felt on. It's not like they're, you know, they got their eyes locked on and they they can slow fucking time down with their with their brains like some sort of mutant and determine whether or not it was offside like a video replay could. It's their gut. Is, that is a great point, Mace. It is. It's an instinctual gut feel in most cases because no human eye is is trained to operate at that at that speed. It's just so, horseshit. It sounds, it sounds to me like you're apologizing for the refs. Uh, very. Much. I think we both are. <laughs> no, I think, we're, I, I think we're both protecting the refs' integrity. It's just it's it's just so dumb that a hundred years could go by. And you know, the, you know, the the, uh, the all these refs and linesmen experience and training are good enough. And then what? Like five to ten years ago, they decided, well, let's just put another referee out there. Now we got four guys out there who are are running right the show, and that's good and fine. And now we're gonna have fucking video replay for offsides. It's so it's ridiculous. It, it, what is it? What does it matter anymore that we have those refs out there? Pretty soon. You know, if it's, it keeps going and there's, okay, next year we're going to have, uh, you know, the, the, this year the only applicable plays are goaltender interference and offsides. Well, next year maybe we'll add another thing, and next year we'll do another thing. And pretty soon referees are going to be like a goddamn video 
or the the, uh, the goal line judge with the goddamn clicker to turn the red the red line on or the green light on. They're obsolete. They're worthless. They, those guys don't do anything. And I don't think we want that. I mean, we want you know a um, a, a refereed game that's that's organic to the game that's happening live. Uh, take the goddamn Robotron cameras out of it. It it it, it sticks in my craw and my gears and whatever else. It okay. sticks in my lawn. Well said, right. well said. So are, are you okay then with Matt Duchesne clearly being offside in a game six, game seven of the playoffs? Was that, wait, that was last year, right? So that yes. Was two years ago, in, in, you're okay with that? Um, I don't, in a way, you got to just live with that kind of, kind of thing sometimes. Like, and when it comes down to it, like I guarantee that, that was a that was a play where unfortunately the linesman was like probably three or four feet off the line, right? Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that, is that the one was. where he exactly was like, was. well, yeah. yeah, and like he's off the line, so he's got to make a judgment call again. It's the same judgment call he's got to make whether he's on or off the line, you know, in the right position. Um, but that's why we pay these guys. That's why they're officiating in the best league in the world. And so, obviously, obviously, sometimes they're going to miss a call. But now, every fucking goal is going to come is going to come under scrutiny. Uh, scrutiny. Uh, I can't say that tonight. But every they're going to look very play, closely at it. I know. Thank you. That's the definition of scrutiny. Um, it just drives me nuts. Like, like okay. it, all these other all these other plays, like that you know, under a microscope, maybe were offsides or weren't offsides. But um, and now, I don't know. It's it. it there's no other way around it uh, other than saying an old man cliche sticks in my craw. Okay, so I'm gonna go so devil's you're, advocate. You're, I'm gonna go devil's advocate on you here, Mace. Doubles uh, advocate. Doubles advocate. Doubles advocate. <laughs> nice. um, a new series, a wild extra. I think as long as we have the technology to get these things right, let's use it. But I think there's a happy medium between, you know, taking over three minutes to review a Charlie Coyle goal that's pretty clearly a good goal. I, I, I wish they would be able to figure out ways to expedite the review. Um, what I would like to see is I would like to see the war room in Toronto work in conjunction with the guys on the ice. But you know, again, as this is the first year of it, they're, they're, they're going to need some time to work out the kinks and, and try and figure out the best practices to use this. But as long as we have the technology, I think there's too much on the line to not get it right when we have all the means in the world to do so. Um, the Probably the, the best example for instant replay I could use was a couple of years ago for Major League Baseball. Uh, where Galarraga for the Detroit Tigers has got he's retired 26 batters in a row. He needs one more out for a perfect game, and he has to cover the base on a ground ball to first. And they clearly he clearly beats the runner, and he clearly touches the base, and the umpire misses the call, and the player's awarded a base hit, screws up the perfect game, he loses his no hitter, the whole deal, and that umpire uh, by the name of Jim Joyce absolutely caught hell for that. Um, 
via social media and everything else, um, and and not even taking that into account, uh, Jim Joyce really beat himself up over that. There's some pretty interesting articles out there about the ordeal that he essentially put himself through um, in the days after that because he felt so awful um, that a call that he missed uh, cost the guy a perfect game, which is a uh, very significant uh, achievement in Major League Baseball. So my long-winded point here is that they have the technology to get as many of these right as possible. And in the end, I think all officials, whether, you know, regardless of sport, they're all out there to get the call right in the end. And I think that should be the focus on what they're trying to do. And hopefully they'll work some of the kinks out as far as the process goes. And and I think, I think you can argue that Craig Leopold or Chuck Fletcher, it may, may be one of the driving forces behind having this in the game because of that Matthew Shane thing. And I think that's worth pointing out that, you know, for as much as, for as frustrating as this can be, this may be the direct result of, you know, something that the Wild were involved in a few years ago. And it's going to be very interesting to see how the replay process plays out uh, during the playoffs this year. That's, I, I got a feeling that's going to be a huge storyline that uh, is going to unfold. I and think, I would think be with horrible. fewer games, it would be easier for the, for the war room to be involved in that. Yeah, uh, going, I can see that. Going back to to doubles, uh, story time with doubles. There, uh, number one, <laughs> you wouldn't have a point. Number one, you wouldn't have a point if it weren't long winded. And number two, that pitcher won the goddamn game, right? <laughs> Is that? Did I just lose doubles? <laughs> he, he may have just hung up in frustration. <laughs> All right, I, I've, I've regained some of my composure here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just mm-hmm. need it up there for a couple of bombs? Like in the your in, kids. In the nine billion eight hundred seventy-three million three hundred seventy-five thousand and fifty-six major league games that have ever been played, there's like been eleven perfect games. I I know I know, and you know. Baseball guys got hard-ons for no-nos. I understand. I've seen the YouTube thing. You got no-no going. I know. I get it. No, awesome. I, not this, this was more than a no-no. This was a perfecto. Oh, the, the, okay. The other one. The other one, which is like uh, fucking, it's a, it's a unicorn, but it's also a, a pegasus. It's a pegacorn. It's not just one or the other. It's it both mythical sure. beasts put together. Gotcha. It is for sure. Wrapped in a Yeti. Yep, and you know what Perfect. happened? He still won the Perfect. fucking game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's you got to get it right. I mean, <laughs> everybody, everybody that is invested in the game, that is paid to be at the game, that is playing in the game, whose compensation depends on the outcome of the game, all of that stuff. If, if you're that invested in a game you have an extra two minutes in your busy effing life 
a way <laughs> to get it right. Okay. No, I, I know, completely I, agree. I know. I think what, okay. Contradicting myself okay. there. But what, one, really, one, one last point. One last get point right. before we move on, Mason. <laughs> I I would I would make sure that you do not leave your beer alone with doubles the next time we get together. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. Sure enough. Uh, Alan Walsh is a total asshole. Everybody knows it. Um, yep. Not news. And, you know, so now this week he has decided that Jonathan Druin shouldn't be playing hockey to protect himself from injury uh, and therefore make him easier to trade. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start off here. Personally, I think all this does is, A, points out what a dickbag Alan Walsh is. B, it lowers it actually lowers Jonathan Druin's um, trade value. And see, I don't think it puts the pressure on Steve Eiserman to make a deal at all. Um, you know, Steve Eiserman is, is going to win this battle. Druin will eventually be traded, but he's going to be, he's going to have to play before he can be traded. Uh, doubles, am I missing anything here? Nope. I think you're spot on. Um, Elliot Friedman had a couple of good points. Um, on this this week, um, Friedman is firmly of the belief that uh, Druen has been the one driving all of this, and that Walsh is um, acting on uh, acting on Druen's behalf uh, based on orders from Druen. Wow, uh, I I don't know if that necessarily speaks to this latest thing about. Uh, about Druan not playing until he was moved. But um, Friedman had mentioned earlier that when it was apparent that Druan had requested the trade, that the Anaheim Ducks were firmly amongst the camp of 10 or 12 or however many potential suitors were out there. And Friedman then uh, ended up getting a quote from Ducks general manager Bob Murray who said, you know, whose team was believed to be one of the front runners um, in going after Drouin. And Bob Murray said, you get a 20-year-old kid on an entry-level contract that's demanding a trade? Ask that guy. So I think, to your point, Mace, I think uh, I think his, uh, definitely hurts his trade value. Um, Friedman further speculated that Montreal was also in on it and Friedman believes Montreal would be a terrible place for Joanne to go because as they have been sucking hind tits since Carey Price went down <laughs> any acquisition of Joanne he would be he would be expected to be the savior in Montreal right. and that's an awful lot of pressure for a 20 year old oh, kid um so that could be a recipe for disaster. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But I think uh, I think uh, your boy Alan Walsh has uh, <laughs> has really laid out for the rest of the agents of how not to play out such scenarios. And uh, let's not forget that Walsh was also the agent for such uh, you know NHL power plays that have been made, such as the um, Martin Havlat fiasco and uh, Peter Peter Sikora as well, amongst uh, amongst oh, European luminaries in the NHL that tried to throw their weight around. How'd that work for him? Uh, Mason, um, 
is is Drew and worth anything to you at this point? I mean, you know, would you trade a Matt Demba for him at this point, or would you say, fuck that guy, uh, maybe I'll give you a Gustav Olafson for him? I, I wouldn't give him anything. Um, I think in, in past five-minute majors where we spent far too many minutes on Drew Ant, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Uh, trust me, I'll try to do that later after this call. Um, where I, 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 I got to get, I, I get a couple ribs removed, probably three or four. But um, I, I was never sold on it just because, like, mainly because none of you guys were. Like, there's always some kind of – it just always felt off, and now it feels even offer. So – I, you know, I'd be I'd be surprised if this kid finds a team this year um, at this point because um, because of all the uh, playing in Switzerland. Yeah, well, NHL team, let's say that. Um, yeah, yeah, and like it's even more interesting if you know what doubles is you know citing Friedman of saying is true that that it's all driven by Drew Ann and and then like so what's really interesting to me is like Alan Walsh is just doing his same old thing, his one trick pony act of you know, being very vocal while saying that he's not being very vocal about it. Um, you know, he's doing his same act. I don't know if, if, if that's being done to protect Druin somehow or not, because, like, what's worse, um, that an agent is doing agenty type things that you would expect from an agent or a player that is pretty much, like, drumming up his own drama um, I would, you know, if I were a GM, I would be quicker to, like, brush off, you know, agent tactics before it were, like, a, a player actually being a, a gigantic asshole. And, I mean, if that's true, like, then Druen is a gigantic asshole and nobody should touch this kid. Uh, maybe maybe Stevie Y should blast out a 29-recipient email to all the GMs and saying, let's just bury this kid and his stupid fucking agent once and for all, and nobody pick him <laughs> up. But, you know, <laughs> that'd be nice to see. But, you know, uh, you know, Risebrow always uh, advises somebody, right? So whichever team that is, if it's New York or not, <laughs> but somebody's going to pick him up. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, and, and what's, in, in, you know, what what's the role of Alan Walsh in, in, you know, pulling Drew Ann aside and saying, you know, you know, your dick's not that big, kid. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, learn how this game works here. You know, if, if you wanna, if you wanna get get out of that situation, what you need to do is you need to prove your prove your worth, and right. you know, and then and then say, I feel like I'm getting fucked over. And, you know, then maybe you might have something if, you know, if you're, if, if you be a good soldier, then this will happen. But for right now, you know, I, I'm not impressed. I, I completely agree, Mike. Like, honestly, I don't remember a, a Drew end before this entire scandal. Like, there's nothing prior to this, but, you know, there's no memory of him before this whole bullshit where suddenly this kid thinks he's top shit and he's got an Alan Walsh to back him up. Um, and no one, no one is going to remember that. Right. I think the vast okay. majority of the hockey world is really hoping the multi Stanley cup winning hall of fame GM, uh, doesn't give yeah, an inch of ground to the 20 year yeah. old with the Dick agent. And when it comes down to this, to this uh, little staring contest that they got going right now, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it, 
it is worth noting that uh, Russo has mentioned this week that in the was it the 2013 draft that uh, Drewanne was taken um, that the Wild had Drewanne ranked the number one player in that draft uh, the same year that the Avalanche took Nathan McKinnon first overall. So the, the Wild is definitely uh, they're definitely intrigued at the thought of uh, getting Drew in. I'll say that. But maybe maybe that was the best move that you know Fletcher never made. Very possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot to be said for you know the you know how much of a team guy a player is, and you know if. If, if someone's just looking out for himself and not looking out for his team, I mean, you, you're going to alienate a lot of people real fast. And, you know, I, the I, best I really, way to do it. Yeah. You know, that and, or, uh, you know, hide, hide a major injury until you can make sure that your team can't buy you out over the summer. Wait, who are you talking about right now? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I remember... Whatever team that, you know, sooner or later, Drewan will get traded to a team. And Colorado. That kid, that kid is going to have to walk into an NHL dressing room. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting how he's received in that dressing room. Yeah, um, absolutely. A, a team that wants to win is going to welcome anybody on board that they think can help the cause. But the fact of the matter is, is, all of these guys, these athletes at the absolute highest, most elite level have got a fair amount of ego to them, every single one of them. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how uh, those guys feel about uh, a 20-year-old punk that's uh, trying to throw his weight around that hasn't done a GD thing in his entire career. Hopefully right. he's received into that locker room with a few socks full of fucking you know, soap bars. <laughs> well, and, you know, too far? I, I don't think, Was that too far? I don't. No, I don't think I you don't. can go too far. <laughs> I I don't I don't think Jason Zucker is the type of guy to do this. But you know, if anyone would have the right to That's a good comparable. A chat with Druan, you know, it would be Jason <laughs> Zucker who is like, look, you know, I I went down, you know, I was shuffled back and forth in the minors, you know, for three seasons before. I finally earned my place here. So if you think that you've earned your place here by, you know, giving the finger to Stevie Y and trying to force this trade here, you know, you know, let's let's whip it out and compare things. And I'm pretty sure that uh, you're going to come up short. I mean, you know, I I really think that you know to to your point, doubles. I think that's I think that's really smart. That you know, you're going to have guys who are going to say, look, I I paid my dues. What did you do? You threw yeah. a fit. Yeah, tantrum. Okay, moving on. It was a, there's another guy that the Wild may potentially be interested in. Uh, it was revealed on our forums today by Giles Farrell. He found a, a, a link to an article where someone was saying that you know, the Wild may be in on Louis Erickson this year. Um, Louis Erickson is a 30-year-old Swede. Uh, let's see, career stats. He has scored 197 NHL goals in almost 700 games. Uh Mason, does that does does he does he tingle your loins at all? Yeah, uh, loins re, loins remain untingled and barren. Uh, no, not at all. 
I, I mean, like, the other names we've been talking about, Drew Enwin, and that was an interesting avenue. And then, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, when that was an interesting avenue. This this definitely feels like, um, you know, third rate compared to any other big names we've talked about recently. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, I don't know if he had anything to do with the fact that he was uh, traded for, uh, was it Sagan, right? Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if like him being a, a character uh, in the in the locker room had anything to do with that. It felt like uh, it felt like it was a a good trade for both teams. That you know, Louis Erickson did well for Boston. Uh, they obviously not as well as Sagan has done for the the Stars and everything. But um, I don't think he's a horrible player. But like again, like I just I, I got no interest in really. Um, shaking things up for the sake of shaking things up. Um, I think Heather mentioned that or brought that up last time, like, um, you know, that, you know, she, and I agreed with her for sure, like, she always wants to see uh, the current group, group of guys figure it out rather than try to bring in new blood and, and um, you know, shake things up because that could always have, have a negative impact. Um, it's certainly, I okay, I'll say this. I don't think Louis Erickson is the guy that you risk that on uh, to try to get I don't think he is, because okay. any any number of our guys could turn it on and produce Louis Erickson like numbers, but they're not. They're being assholes. Right. <laughs> Doubles. Um, do you think that it might counterintuitively actually? Do you think it might actually be the smart play this year for Chuck Fletcher just to say go into the trade deadline and just you know throw his phone in a pool and just say fuck you guys. This is the team <laughs> we have. This is the team we're going with. Um, you know, they they got to figure this out themselves. Do you think? Am, I mean, am I am, am I just talking out of my ass here when I think that that may be the way to go to force them to figure it out for themselves just just once, and then maybe next year revisit the question and maybe we'll maybe we'll make a deal. Um, you know, on its surface, I think I could maybe buy into that, but. I believe I saw at some point this weekend that the wild has now slipped and are clinging to the second and final wild card spot in the West currently. After yesterday's uh, game? Yep. And Oh man. You know, once, once we're one we, point we're one point behind Colorado, but we've got two games in hand. So fucking get Colorado. Off the bridge, okay. Get off the fucking bridge. And then, and then we're we're at least two points ahead of Nashville, I believe, which is in, you know, third wild card position, right? Yes. Unless they goddamn won it uh, also. So once, you know, now that we're again we're turning down, now that we again find ourselves on the proverbial playoff bubble, um, now you're talking about job security again as it relates to. Mike Yo and Ergo Charles Fletcher. Now, once you get into that, I I don't see Fletcher sitting by idly as the yeah. control playoff berth circles the drain and not trying to do something stupid. Uh, I and. As it relates to Erickson, I believe he is an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Yeah. You no. Know, what are you gonna give up? Uh, 
the you know too much. Are we is the next available second round pick uh, pushed out to like twenty twenty five now? I, I don't know. I don't know what they have that they would, you know, be willing to part with uh, as it relates to a rental pickup. But uh, you know, I, I do believe uh, Fletcher's going to try and do something. But uh, yeah, at, at some point, these guys gotta gotta figure this out, and uh, you know. It's like they can't handle prosperity, and it's like they have to be up against it to put a consistently good effort forth, good forth, good effort forth, and uh, <laughs> that's starting to piss me off, Mason. Just <laughs> grinding your gears. Well, it's grinding my craw. Piss me off. Is that what the cool kids say now, Mace? What do the, what do the kids say? <laughs> really, really peeves me. That's, uh, that puts a burr in my saddle. Do the do the young kids say that? Probably not. Burn my britches. Chaps my hide. Yeah, there you go. I, I think we covered. I think we covered all the old timey phrases now. Don't underestimate me. <laughs> That's like a youngster in my lawn. It canoodles my loins. Uh, I, for what it's worth, I have zero interest in another rental player. Um, fuck that. You know, we, we've we already given up too many second-round draft picks for a rental. I have zero, zero interest in that whatsoever. Uh, Louis Erickson can sign here as a free agent next year. That'd be fine by me. But I know I'm, 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 I'm off that train right now. And, uh, so, um, how about final thoughts? Doubles? What do you think? Um, my final thought kind of encapsulates where I'm at with this team right now. Um, I've been trying to determine this year whether this is a good team, a great team, a mediocre team. Um, and where I'm at right now is that good teams aren't nearly as bad for as long of stretches as this team is. Um, With the exception of the Saturday afternoon game at San Jose, when this team is bad, they're really bad. And uh, good teams don't do that. So where I'm at with this team right now is I don't think they're a very good team. that notwithstanding, I am hopeful that they will make the playoffs. And who knows? Uh, the NHL proves to us just about every year that one team can catch lightning in a bottle and go on a run. Not necessarily win the cup, but they can certainly go on a run and make some noise. And I think that is as much as I can hope for for this team because they are not a consistently good to great team night after night. Agreed. Mason? Uh, for final thoughts, um, as we enter into the goddamn all-star break, um, I have never been less interested um, in an all-star game than I am this year. And I'm not, I'm, unfortunately, uh, I'm not just not interested, but Anytime I think about 
all the bullshit that's happening with this all-star game. Uh, I'm, I'm moved from disinterest to, you know, being enraged. Like everything about it just, uh, is horrible. Um, down from three on three play, which is just stupid because it limits the number of goddamn players in your all-star game. How can it be an all-star game if you have fewer players, you know, than deserve an all-star, you know, nomination? It's just stupid. That's just plain dumb. And then on top of it, um, that they have, you know, goddamn celebrity coaches who are fucking country stars. I don't understand it. I know it's Nashville, but, I mean, how much of a joke can they can they admit to when they're like, yeah, not only, not only that, but we're going to get country y- yarblers to coach the goddamn teams while they're on the ice. <laughs> it just... Uh, All right, it's, settle down. I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't, but... Um, there's, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of, you know, and it speaks to like just like there's a whole lot of NHL, you know, upper level kind of changes to this year that I absolutely fucking hate. And you know, there's the coaches challenge that we already you know you know beat to death. There's this all star stuff, um, which has always been a travesty, but this year it seems just even stupider. Um, there's just a whole lot of stuff that I do not like what the uh, organization is doing uh, or the, you know, yeah, it's, uh, so I, I'm going to, you know, go to a cabin somewhere up in the woods, hopefully freeze to death for that week and then be reborn as though a Phoenix can come back and pretend that the all-star weekend never happened. The only oh, way that could, right. the only way that could get worse <laughs> for the NHL would be if, uh, scrubby 80s band that nobody's heard of for 25 or 30 years comes out. Let's just say like Def Leppard, for example, and <laughs> puts the Stanley Cup on display upside down. You mean like Ghost Brooks is going to do that this weekend? Oh, oh, wait a second. We've already been down that road, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, that would be the second time that's ever happened. And this time, it will be some shitty... Instead of a uh, 80s rock band, it'll be some shitty, shitty 80s country band that will do <laughs> the same thing. All right, we're going to get Mace home, get some beer in him, and then it's straight to bed. Get some more? The Wild play one game this week. Uh, the rest of the NHL has a normal schedule for a couple of days, and then uh, the All-Star break. So the Wild have a really long break here because we haven't had enough long breaks in the schedule. So I'm, I'm hopeful for against uh, Arizona, not so much coming out of that break because we know the Wild knows how to shit the bed when they get a couple of days off. Uh, maybe it's time to send them to a hotel like Jacques Lemaire liked to do, just send them to a hotel so they can't think about their family and kids and whatnot. While they <laughs> should be focusing on hockey right now. God. Uh, you got me all fucking wound up, Mace. Good job. Uh, for Mason, for doubles, this is Mike, uh, and also for Nick because, you know, he, he's, he's got to get his beauty sleep. This has been the 5-Minute Major. Thank you for listening. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.